Coming up on the Potter's Touch. I feel something in this place. Oh, it makes me want to stop and thank God for being with me in the mountain and in the valley, over the ridges and down the hill, through the good times and the bad times. When everybody forsook me, thank you, Lord, for sticking with me. Even when I look like a loser, you are still there. Thank God be the glory. Grace and peace to all the saints of God, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to go into the Word of God. I am Bishop T.D. Jakes, the senior pastor of the Potter's House. I greet you with Jesus' joy. I know you're in a fight right now, so am I. As Christians, we're not in a physical fight, but we're fighting for the faith. That we might earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. It's the mandate of the scriptures. The question is, are you fit for the fight? The message today will challenge your fitness, your routine, your ability to withstand the opposition around you. Fit for the fight. Let's take a look. The early church was in a fight. I didn't really realize it when I was young and preaching. I didn't really realize the climate of the early church. I didn't really realize the circumstances of the early church. The early church is is like a bunch of associate pastors having to come together and take over in the absence of the senior pastor. They were attracted to the senior pastor. These boys had been support to the senior pastor, Pastor Jesus. Pastor Jesus is now gone. It's one thing to support somebody, and it's another thing to replace. (laughs) And and, and so there's all of these issues going on that happen in people when they are under pressure. Pressure to perform, pressure to maintain. Pressure to survive, pressure to continue the ministry of Jesus Christ. It was tough, real tough. Tough because people didn't perceive them the way they perceived Jesus. Tough because there was internal bickering amongst them as to what is right and wrong. Tough because other apostles began to appear who were not mentored by Jesus. There was, there was Saul, the, 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 the Christian killer had become converted and now was considered an apostle. And you know when somebody comes in outside of the clique. see, See, every institution becomes a culture, develops a culture. And when outside people come in, they are an immigrant coming into a pre-existing society. And all immigrants are not received correctly, not even in church. You can move from one church to another and think you're going to resume the same position and power. It's not true because you have to be scrutinized for a while because they don't know you like that. They didn't know They didn't know whether to receive him or reject him. They didn't know whether to accept him or to walk away from him. And all of a sudden he rises with such power and everybody's talking. More is written about the Apostle Paul than all of the 12 disciples combined. And you know how people are when they start writing about somebody and it's not you. 
And then there was the variance of ideologies about faith. And, and they had all of these different ideas. And Paul is now converted and he's now come to Christ. And he's now ministering. He's now preaching and he's now teaching. And he's focusing largely on the Gentiles. And he is preaching a type of grace that was shocking. Shocking to preach such grace. Paul preached radical grace. Ridiculous grace. Flamboyant grace. Paul belittled works and sacraments and ceremonies and, and, and memorials of all types and kinds, respects of meats and days. He said, I don't care where you eat. I don't care where you go. I don't care what you wear. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you did. God's grace is sufficient. Good God Almighty. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. His grace is enough to set you free and deliver you. It is not of works, Paul said, lest any man should boast. He said, nothing glories here but the cross. Everything else is totally immaterial. And James is on the other side arguing, wait a minute, brother. Faith without works. You wasn't there no way. You wasn't there when Jesus turned water into wine. You wasn't there when he healed the lepers. And you weren't there when he took two fish and five loaves of bread. And here you come in with this liberal stuff. This is ridiculous. Because the early disciples thought Christianity would be Judaism Jr. An extension of their, of their Hebrew Judaistic background and culture. The next step. So they thought, we're going to believe in Jesus, but we're going to keep the sacraments and the ceremonies and the rituals and the routines. And Paul was preaching against it, and it was trouble. So Paul is hooked up with a guy named Barnabas. And, and, and they're going at it. And they're doing good. And they're, they're ministering all throughout Jerusalem and all of the peripheral areas in the Palestine area. And they're doing real good. And Barnabas has a cousin named John Mark. And he brings John Mark along with him too. John Mark is the son of a wealthy Christian woman. He is the cousin of Barnabas. And he has, he is there as a secular factotum. He, he, he's there as an adjutant. He's there as a support to do whatever needs to be done. And he's with these men walking around in Jerusalem where, where he was home anyway, where he could, people could see him with Paul and Barnabas. People love to be seen with somebody who's being seen. People will pay money to be seen with somebody who's being seen. And John Mark is down for it and it's good. And, 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 and the church is growing up under Paul. It is growing more in Gentile circles than in Jewish circles because the Jewish circles are falling away. They're falling away back into blindness, back into apostasy. And so the real thrust of revival is going on amongst the Gentiles. And this cluster of Jewish Christians are looking at these Gentiles with their nose kind of up in the air because these Gentiles, they were kind of like, nasty people and before Christ Jews didn't even eat 
with no nasty Gentiles. For Gentile ate, they break the plate. And now they're sitting around just singing and clapping together and rejoicing and eating together. And, and, and James is having a fit. Paul thinks it's cool. Peter didn't like it at first. You remember the dream he had? And Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles. And the Lord corrected him and said, how dare you call what I have cleansed uncommon or unclean. And, and, and told him to eat the meats and to fellowship with us. And so Peter's kind of in the middle. But James is way to the right. Paul is way to the left. And it was coming to a head. It was coming to a head. There was rumblings in the camp. Paul is on his way to Antioch. But somewhere along the way, Barnabas' cousin has decided, I was with you in Jerusalem when it was glamorous and all my friends could see me. But now that you're leaving outside of the Palestinian area and going into other regimes of influence and thought, he disappeared. He, he didn't backslide. He disappeared. He didn't resign. He just disappeared. He didn't give any reason. We have to guess at what the reason was. He just didn't show up for the fight. He was fit for the fun. <laughs> oh, he was fit for the fun, but he wasn't fit for the fight. So Paul takes Barnabas, John Mark has disappeared, and he goes into Antioch. And he goes into Antioch like you do when you're going into controversy. You know how you feel when you're going into controversy and you're kind of cocked because you don't know what's going to happen. And he gets there, and there is one of the nastiest blowouts you have ever seen. And them preachers almost got to fight. Physically fighting. They should have called it the preachers of Antioch. And it's come to Antioch, and things are going crazy. And trouble is everywhere. And Paul has that feeling that, that he later describes about a trial. When my hour came to trial, no man stood with me. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. And in the midst of this, now I want you to follow this. Barnabas is with him, but he's kind of shaky. Okay. He's gotten into a fight with Peter. They've been up in his face. And all of a sudden, John Mark, who was with him, has blown the coop. He has put his hand to the plow and looked back and walked back and went back. And we don't even know where he is. How many people started out with you? that are not with you today. That's why you cannot build your life around what people say because today they say Hosanna and tomorrow they say crucified. You can't count on people. 
Jesus. I feel something in this place. Oh, it makes me want to stop and thank God for being with me in the mountain and in the valley, over the ridges and down the hill, through the good times and the bad times, when everybody forsook me. Thank you, Lord, for sticking with me. Even when I look like a loser, you are still there. Thank God be the glory. Oh, yeah. You ain't got to tell nobody your business, but tell somebody, tell them I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have made it. Still to come on The Potter's Touch. If you keep working out, the point that used to wear you out, you'll push right past it. It doesn't doesn't even bother you anymore. The more you get in shape, the more you can run, and you won't even get winded where you used to get winded because you're getting fit. You can tell you're fit by your, your speed of exhaustion. The more you are able to endure, the more you are fit for the fight. Women are into spiritual warfare. There is a fight going on between you and the devil. If you had been like you used to be, you would have gone crazy. But you got some kind of crazy peace. This is the peace of God. I'm in pain. They said, do you want me to call a doctor? I said, do you know Jesus? What you call his name? Exposure. Courage. Knowledge. Positioning. P-E-C-K. We will have healing and restoration if we know what our daddy says. Out of your need, out of your capacity, shall flow river of living water. in Acts 15 by verse 36 the Bible says after some days Paul said to Barnabas let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are now Barnabas I told you Barnabas has already got a little attitude wanted to take with them John called Mark But Paul says, "Uh uh-uh. He thought it best not to take with him one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia. He said, this is no time to take a quitter. He says, it's too thick in here to be fooling with somebody who's shaky. I, I can't pick somebody who's not fit for the fight. I don't know what's going to happen next. I can't lean on somebody that I don't know. You got me in the foxhole. John Mark is good. I know he's your cousin and everything. And his mama sent a big love offering. Believe John Mark at home. Because he might do another pamphlet on me. John Mark is not fit for the fight. So he says, 
But Paul thought best not to take with him one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and, and, and had not gone with them to the work. Didn't go to the work. Fit for the fun. But wasn't down for the work. <laughs> I want to eat the bread, but I don't want to grind the meal. I, I want to I have a husband, but I don't want to cook. I want to have a wife, but I don't want to provide. I want to have kids, but I don't want them to take my time. I want success, but no sacrifice. There was a disagreement. There was a disagreement that rose up against him that was so strong that they separated from each other. This is painful. They separated from each other. And when they separated from each other, Barnabas took Mark with him. He said, you don't want to take him, I'll take him. And he took Mark with him, and they sailed away to Cyprus. They must have fell off the boat or something, because you don't hear much about nothing mighty happening in Cyprus or anywhere else about Barnabas and John Mark. Because John Mark was not fit for the fight. But Paul, Paul, Paul chose Silas. Paul chose Silas. (laughs) And departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord, he left with Silas. You remember, you remember Silas. Silas, Paul, and Silas later would be locked in jail. Lord, help Paul if he would have gone to jail with John Mark. Remember the text. This text I'm going to now and at midnight. Paul and Silas prayed and gave thanks unto God. And suddenly there was a sound and a shaking down from heaven. If Paul would have went to jail with John Mark, they'd have killed him because John Mark wasn't fit for the fight. But when he got in a fight with Silas, Silas said, if you see, I'll pray. We're going to get out of this, brother. Oh, my God. Touch me, people say, work with me, work with me, work with me. We're in a fight now. We're in a fight. We're in a fight. Work with me, work with me, work. I got to have somebody. that is fit for the fight. When the rubber met the road, Silas was staying. He was relentless. He was tenacious. In the battle, he did not lose his focus. He was locked in and committed. Committed And controversy is not easy. Committed in disappointment is not easy. Committed without recognition is not easy. Committed without appreciation is not easy. 
Don't be too hard on John Mark. Because you have to have the whole armor on. You can't leave out not one piece to stand what life is going to throw on you. You don't have to backslide to quit. The way we think of backsliding. It may not be the alluring temptation of lust and degradation that makes you drop your hands. It can be to just get tired. Just get tired. Ever got tired? Just get tired and quit. You know, I found out something about tired. It's funny. Tired will always rain if it goes unchallenged. Sometimes you have to challenge tired. I'm not saying you ought not go to bed and normal stuff, things that got sense. I'm not talking about the tired that sleep will fix. I'm talking about being weary and well-doing. I'm talking about how you can show up and still be missing. Either you lie to yourself and get bitter and blame everybody for your own weaknesses or you strengthen yourself. The the reason I said tired reigns when it goes unchallenged is because when I started working out, the first sign of not being fit is how tired you get. But if you keep if you keep working out the point that used to wear you out, you'll push right past it. It doesn't, it doesn't even bother you anymore. The more you get in shape, the more you can run and you won't even get winded where you used to get winded because you're getting fit. You can tell you're fit by your, your speed of exhaustion. The more you are able to endure, the more you are fit for the fight. Fast forward, Paul is now an old man. He's in a jail cell. And he's writing to Timothy. (laughs) He's in the final hours of his life. He's matured and his season is coming to the end. He says to Timothy, he says, Alexander the coppersmith has done me much evil. May the Lord reward him for what he has done. He said, Timothy, I fought a good fight. (laughs) I fought all the way down to the end. (laughs) I finished my course. Now laid up for me is a crown of righteousness. Then almost at the end of the chapter, he says, Timothy, when you come, bring John Mark. He says, because John Mark is profitable unto me for the ministry. My takeaway point is this. Don't ever 
throw anybody completely away. Just because they're not fit now doesn't mean Shando Koyadaba that they won't be fit later. Paul is now seasoned and he's aged and he's matured. He was strong enough to say no when no needed to be said, but he was not malicious. He didn't become hateful. He wasn't vindictive. He said, go get John Mark. John, you, you sure did let me down. But you've grown since then. You have gone from unprofitable, having nothing left, to being profitable, being strong enough to have reserve. You are profitable unto me for ministry. P.S. Most scholars believe that the Gospel of St. Mark was written by John Mark. Hey, y'all, I've got to stop. It's been a real joy to share the word of the Lord with you today. The message again is fit for the fight. You may have an ugly beginning, and you may have been weak and made some mistakes along the way, but you can change the way your story ends, even when the middle was weak. God is telling you that he is able to allow you to finish strong. The question is, are you fit for the fight? God bless you. Take care. I don't know how much more I can take. This job? Man, I... I really thought this relationship was getting better. Pressure. I love my daughter. I do. But I can't, I can't be mommy 24 hours a day. I just don't have any help. Pressure. Jesus says, he makes an invitation. He says, cast all your cares on me. Because I care about you. We understand that pressure is all around us. And we all need a way to deal with it. For your gift of any size, you will receive Pressure on CD from Bishop Jake's revolutionary series, Breaking Through. No wonder the devil is trying to get you to shut your mouth, because he knows if you cry, God will open up the windows of heaven. And when your gift is $70 or more, you will receive Breaking Through, trading earthly perspective for kingdom reality on three DVDs. I will not be distracted. I will not get discouraged. I will let God use this pressure to propel me into my destiny. And when your gift is $120 or more, you will receive the Breaking Through 3 Message DVD set, as well as the best of Bishop Jake's book collection in hardback that includes Destiny by T.D. Jakes, Faithing It by Cora Jakes Coleman, and Dear Mary by Sarah Jakes Roberts. Get ready for a breakthrough today. He told me to go get John Mark. You blew it. You hurt me. But God is not finished with you yet. (laughs) 
I believe you're not the only one. I'm going to say it again, John Mark. If you blew it and you know you blew it. If you didn't pass the test and you flunked the course, here's a second chance. God said, go get John Mark and tell him your latter day will be greater than your former day.